0: Hey all you Trek Live crew members, this is Trek Live Dan. Just wanted to say thank you for dropping by the podcast feed. Just a friendly reminder that this podcast is recorded live first on our YouTube channel, so definitely um, stop on by to join the discussion. Without further ado, enjoy the show.
1: We're live for episode 157 of Trek Live. How you doing this morning, Dan?
0: I'm doing great. I'm really excited about this topic. Excited to talk Star Trek this morning. Bill can probably talk about it uh, as well. But this topic, um, what we're talking about today, has been on the docket since day one, right, Bill?
1: Yeah, I think we talked about this, like, late 2016, early 2017, before we even, like, started doing this uh, yeah. as like something that got written on a pad of paper somewhere as something, hey, we'd like to talk about this. And it's specific to you because your background is in filmmaking and you went to school majoring in uh, things that are sort of in this ballpark. So yeah. I'm very <clears throat> eager to kind of let you take the lead on this. This is your baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, there are a lot of things that I don't know. I think I know some things. I love, I, I love movies. Movies, I love uh, the production side of things, but I'd be lying if I said I had really any expertise at all in the more nitty-gritty of, you know, the the, the visual effects side of things. Yeah. Uh, in mm-hmm. terms of like terminology, what's what, what's a practical effect, what's a visual effect, uh, what what kind of the what the criteria is for either or, and um, I, I think it'll just be cool to kind of talk about you know, the visual effects of Star Trek. Like what kinda comes to mind is our favorites and uh you know, what what, what's the first stuff that pops into our heads across the whole kind of spectrum of, of Star Trek. There's a ton of it. And you can kind of like look at the history of visual effects capabilities and like what holds up and what doesn't and how how it's done just by kind of watching through Star Trek and like chronological order, you get little tastes of across the yeah. history of filmmaking. Really, um, going back to the nineteen sixties. So, uh, and there's there's TV and there's film and like different levels of budget and what you know what's cap- what's done on TV and what's done in film in different eras. So, a lot of things to kind of uncrack. And this might even be something we maybe double back to in the future oh, to get more time. specific, yeah. <laughs> or to like dive into more. Um, you know targeted points uh or or more specific topics related to this so this is sort of just an overview and our our general thoughts
0: right Mm -hmm. yeah yes yes that's for sure okay yeah cool
1: before as we are one to do yeah let us let's let's do our rewatch recap. Let's talk about where we are in our yeah. respective Star Trek rewatches. Um you are chugging along into Deep Space Nine's 4th season. Yeah, I'm not tr- really
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if I mentioned it um, <clears throat> last time cuz it was my last episode of Trek Live, you guys are just tuning in. It was about my rewatch Kind of completely yeah. with with season three, so I did complete season three onto season four. Um, so I've watched The Way of the Warrior. Uh, I've watched The Visitor. I watched Hippocratic Oath, um, Indiscretion, uh, Rejoined, and Starship Down. Uh, so okay. a, a six-run episode. I'm not sure if I mentioned those earlier three uh, last week
1: because uh, I think really re- briefly we talked we, we talked about them, but okay. not not for long.
0: Yeah. So so my last week or so uh, has been these three um, I I uh, to be honest I know it's coming so um it's just only I think gonna get better um, <sighs> indiscretion and Inrejoined rejoined um, are kind of maybe sh- a little bit more shakier uh, middle of the road because mm-hmm. of what it's around, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. But Starship down, down is such a such a classic episode. And I think we did... It was one of those episodes that we watched on Trek After Dark. So um, We did. Gotta throw it out, that out there. But um, yeah, Deep Space Nine, early uh, Season 4 is just clicking on all cylinders, I think. It's just um, very, very good.
1: Yeah, I really like... All of these episodes, really different different uh, levels for all of them. I, I really like Rejoined a lot. I think that's a really good Terry Farrell performance. Uh, some really uh, rich uh, exploration of some like basic things that would come to mind for like what the the, the trailer experience, like the shared ho- like the, the you know the yeah. What happens when? You know, if I'm a host of a symbiont that's been around for a long time and you have a symbiont that's been in you a long time and we yeah. had a prior relationship, yeah. like yeah, like what does that do to you? Like how, how how does what are the what are the practices, what are the what are the recommendations, what are the rules and guidelines as far as that goes? And I, I just I think it's it's such a like a basic question, and I, I think they do so much with exploring the difficulties of that and the, the hurdles that that would present um, from like a, a societal standpoint, like what what's allowed, what's encouraged, what's discouraged, what's really not supposed to happen, and just like on, on the personal side of things, like just on the really ground level for Jadzia and for that other character, who of course immediately my because I've seen the episode in a while uh, but Lenora Khan I think is yeah. her name uh, if I remember correctly okay it popped into my head randomly Yeah, as things tend to do with <laughs> too many things like rattling around in my head um, but yeah I, I really like Rejoined a lot I think and, and I think um with Discovery Season 3 and the Trill kind of being front and center again it's it's a nice uh, even more important piece of the puzzle, like the Trill mythology and now that that's even being further explored and more fleshed out the, the, the stuff in Forget Me Not and Beyond with the Adira and Gray feels like an extension of this almost, like this is a Rejoined is about two prior two symbionts who had a relationship in prior hosts in years past. Yeah. Adira and Gray is exploring two people who Hmm. were intimate before they were joined to the same like, and they both have consequences and challenges and things that are, you know, unexpected (laughs) about those kinds of dynamics. And they're, they're, they're such natural things to explore with the troll concept. So I, I really like, I like rejoined a lot.
0: Um, I, I, I like I, I like that it's a struggle though I like that um, mm-hmm. it, uh, it's like she's joined obviously Judzi is joined but mm-hmm. it's it's still like she's there's been episodes in in the past season and in and this season that it, it's a struggle to <clears throat> to be able to. Um, not act on or not just rely solely on on one of the previous hosts feelings it's it's um it's it's tough to be a trail a joint trail i would say yeah yeah <laughs>
1: yeah yeah i think i think it sells this idea that going back to the very beginning of these space nine and in episodes like playing god mm-hmm. when Gen Z is dealing with that young initiate and trying to you know Emphasize the difficulty level of this, and that there are a lot of challenges with this. And you can't just join anybody. You can't just pick somebody off the street and give them a tr- like. There's a lot of training involved. Yeah. There's a lot of you know preparation. There's a, there, the, some people just don't have the constitution for, for it. Like mm-hmm. it's not it's not going to work out for everybody. Uh, so I think episodes like Rejoined are kind of really critical when, when it comes to like putting that into motion and allowing the audience to see the challenges that come from having this. And Blood of Cyber Honey, is in the room on, on YouTube and mentions Blood kind of explores that idea as well. That'll Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, that same concept. So I think by this point, we're getting into some really good... We've we've had some really strong episodes for Dax and uh, exploring her as a character in Trill and really fleshing out that culture. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I'm a fan. I really like that episode. Uh, that kissed, you know. It seems kind of maybe standard now. It's yeah. on TV a lot. Back in 1996, that was a big deal. I remember it. It was a big deal at the time. Um, yeah, I think it's really well performed, well directed. It's, it's sensitive. It's it's. It, I think it's it's a really good moment, um, in a really strong episode. Um, yeah. It's, it's. I wouldn't say it's like way up there for me. It's not like in my top 10 Deep Space Nine episodes, but it's in the upper quarter
0: i think yeah but you gotta think of what it's around as well i mean, season four I know, is just so loaded true. of with with great it is great great episodes
1: it is no it, it strikes me just listening to you like rattle off the episodes and thinking about it as a uh, hey you're watching it now and yeah. kind of like seeing these episodes coming and yeah. it really does start strong i think indiscretion is like a clear spin on it's it's the searchers. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the classic John Wayne, yeah. uh, Jeffrey Hunter yeah. uh, movie, play Captain Pike in the Cage. Uh, Dukat and Kira are doing pretty much the exact same thing mm-hmm. uh, in the desert. It's very westerny, and the first time we see the brain. Uh, I've always had mixed feelings on that one. I think because of, I, I, well, I'm sure we'll talk about it as we get further in to Deep Space Nine for you, and, yeah. As I'm getting there too myself. Uh, I've always been a hot and cold person with the Kira Dukat stuff. I love when they're adversarial and I love the the complicated stuff there. But when the sexual tension gets introduced and there's, there's, it becomes a more working relationship. I I get a little more, I think that's a trickier thing to pull off. And yeah, that's some of those episodes I have mixed feelings on uh, just because I don't know that I always buy that relationship. Um, so indiscretion is one that I, I like. I love the, I love whenever Star Trek goes on location, the location photography, the desert, the, 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 the camera work there that yeah. feels hot and, and barren and feels like a wasteland it is not a pleasant place to be. Uh, like, I think all that stuff's really well achieved. It's mm-hmm. a distinctive looking vibe. yeah so yeah and starship down's great that's just a, that's a just classic so like good. so action good. adventure romp yeah, yeah uses the cast really well
0: everybody's character got yeah, yeah everybody's got everything to do like something to do um mm-hmm. it there's like a kind of survivally actiony thing again we get here yeah. we get wharf like it's still an adjustment you know like like uh yeah. o'brien's gonna t- take him aside and say hey you know maybe ease up on him and then there's this great exchange at the end well you can't take your hands off the reins you gotta you know keep them tight so I love that Um, but there's also some classic um, like submarine-y type uh, vibes too which we've seen in Star Trek before obviously but um, just really good really really good
1: yeah yep so overall really strong run this first three that we talked about last week these three mm-hmm. really not a stinker in the in the bunch I, yeah. I think they're all strong and distinctive and different from each other uh, and use different characters in different ways. is I think it's I think it's a really good run yeah. so you got good stuff coming
0: oh yeah, yeah. yeah. what about you how's your rewatch going
1: it's going. I watched. I think since the last time we talked on on air, uh, I've watched uh, Armageddon game, uh, which we talked about a good bit on your rewatch recap not too too long ago with uh, O'Brien and shears Sort yeah. of. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the more building blocks there. Yeah. Uh, actually, this three episode run that I'm on in Deep Space Nine, at least, is a heavy O'Brien run of Armageddon game, whispers in paradise. Oh yeah, very comini. mean he's got he's got big things to do in all three of those episodes. Uh, I, I I've always really liked whispers um, as a twisty turny. Uh, I, I love the twist of it. I feel like that's one that if you watch if you go way a long time without watching it, uh, I, I think that's an episode that can can surprise you mm-hmm. if, if you don't remember it well. Um, yeah, and. Uh, Yeah, I I think Caleb mentioned in our Discord server that that episodes like that, that deal with, like, synthetic copies or or artificial life forms, play a little differently now with Picard, having not-too-distant future, like, band like So there are new things to think about when you watch episodes like that. I totally agree with Caleb there. And, um, yeah, I I like that. I like the uniqueness of of Whispers. And Paradise, I think, is, like, a classic Star Trek uh, kind of... Uh, the the, the one thing I'll say about it is we've talked a lot about uh, Deep Space Nine episodes as you get rolling into the show, into the back half of season two and into season three. I think they do a better job of Getting into a in, into a rhythm of episodes that feel distinctive to Deep Space Nine that feel only Deep Space Nine could do these kinds yeah. of episodes and it has its own voice. Paradise feels like an episode that would work in all the shows. Like you could sub
0: any captain Francisco and any crew member. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, you could kind of put them off on that mission. That that could be a Kirk and. You know McCoy story, Archer Tripp story. You yeah. could go anywhere with that story basically, um, and it would it would work with very minor adjustments. I think you know Discovery could do that if you, if you wanted it to. Um, so while I I I, it, I love when the shows have that distinctive voice, I I do like those like classic kind of going to use the word trophy, Star Trek kind of story, yeah. but I don't mean it insultingly. I, 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 yeah. I think there's like a comfort level with, with that. It feels it feels like a warm blanket, I think, and I've always liked that episode uh, for that. I think the, the guest star, um, Alexis, I think her name is, is, is really nails on a chalkboard-y, like, tough and... Uh, difficult to deal with. And I think Cisco's experience in the box and all that stuff is pretty memorable and some of my favorite early Avery Brooks stuff. Yeah. So. <clears throat> and then TNG, real quick, uh, Lower Decks, I watched that. That plays differently with Lower Decks as a show on because I think Lower Decks yeah. really does, the episode Lower Decks really does do a lot of the things that that the series Lower Decks like really heavily leans into. The the senior officer poker game with the junior officers kind of hanging out doing the same thing, the crew evaluations, the kind of competitive nature of the, the junior officer trying to, like... You know, get promoted and put themselves in the best position. Yeah. You know, suck up to the the senior officers wanting... Like, all those things that are, like, so present in in series Lower Decks, I think, really did come from the Lower Decks episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of those traits are within TNG all the way through, but um, the the, the casualness of living on the Enterprise, I mean... um, that I think the the, the the series Loverdex really embraces. But that, uh, I think it's interesting to watch. It was the first time I've seen the episode of Loverdex since <laughs> the, the series. Okay. Loverdex, yeah.
0: It also has such a emotional punch that sneaks up on you at the end.
1: So, oh, yeah. yeah, it really does. <laughs> yeah, it really does. It's a great. <laughs> ep- it's, it's great on every level. I think it, it the, the guest stars are all wonderful. Uh, this the the, yeah, the junior so officer. Yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah. underrated, I think, or maybe underdiscussed. Like, it's a mix. I mean, you have you have a couple brand new characters there with. Uh not Vorik, his 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 twin brother, basically, uh, same actor, uh, the Vulcan engineer, yeah. and uh, the, the young helmsman are new, brand new characters. But Agawa, the nurse, is very present. We know her, mm-hmm. and Cito is in the first duty as a character. It, like this is not the first time we've met her. So they're kind of reintroducing or further expanding on characters that have existed um, in the past. So it's not just like pulling out completely brand new people. Um, Which so it, it just I think it works on so many different.
0: Which is an element of serialization that TNG does have. Yep. So, absolutely, yeah.
1: And Cedo's experience in the first duty is a major part of this. Like that's yeah. that's Picard uses that, and that's a part of like there's a, there's a reason she's on the ship, and yeah, like it's 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 really great. I think I think it's a really well constructed episode. The poker game that intercuts between the senior officers and the junior officers, I think, <laughs> is some of the more yeah. inventive, really well done. Uh, editing the structure of it is is more innovative than star trek the next generation sometimes is on that level yeah and i I really enjoy that too um yeah so um definitely the best tng episode in a while and uh yeah, I've always, i Sub I watched that, which is really rough. <laughs> Yikes. Of course, uh, yeah, uh, interesting episode for sure. Yeah. Uh, naturally, but uh, not not a favorite. Uh, but apparently, uh, people like it. My my the poll that I currently have up of the four episodes, which of these four episodes is your favorite? Um, Sub is, is among those four, and it's winning with a decent amount of votes. Wow, just shocking. It's shocking to me. Shocking. So. If you're listening, save that poll. Go yeah. vote <laughs> and uh, do the yeah. right thing. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think that's that's good enough for our rewatch recap. We went longer than usual. Lots to talk about. Uh, yeah. I love talking about these episodes, and Big we can just cover an hour of talking about you know you do that every everything week. we've watched. Yeah. But we could absolutely. Yeah. Ian's in the room. Welcome Ian. Love to see you here. Welcome Ian. Uh, talking about with, watching Star Stargate SG One. Hmm. Um, good stuff uh a little intro. What are you? What are you most eager to talk about today? Uh,
0: uh, visual one. I'm most eager story. to try to le- at least educate uh, some people on terminology, some history. Um, I'll try to get some some photos up as well. Um, but I, I, and after that, at the end of the day, I'd like to hear your guys' favorite, like vis- visual effects shot. Um, one one that just comes to mind when you first think of visual effects. Um, that being said, I'm gonna jump into the terminology right now. So, technically, every everything uh, I say, I use the term visual effects. That's kind of like an umbrella term that that practical and CGI. Uh, I'll call it, which is computer aid, computer generated images, um, which is kind of the later half. Uh, of um, Star Trek Star Trek's history and techniques they use uh, those techniques kind of bounce around um, as you guys know they, they start with the practical stuff um, uh, and then kind of move into that CGI range uh, which is a combination of a couple things um, budget uh, which we'll probably talk about or we have talked about um, and then just the technology in general right so uh, the the practical um, uh, technique um, has been done, like from Star Wars, like a bunch, of, a bunch of different. Um um, 2001. Not, 2001 uh, is it's it's franchises, movies, and things like that. So what practical is is like they would actually build the model. They would build it, mm-hmm. and, and um, it, they would use you know special lenses, and and it, they couldn't be too close, uh, but they couldn't be too far away to make it look so toy. So they had to have the right distance far away, um, and then it would be uh, behind it um, would be a green screen or a blue screen uh, and they would just composite whatever they wanted behind it Um, and the technology allowed that so um, I have some personal preferences when it comes to um, the, the style of visual effects that have been done so um, I do prefer the practical side of things. I like the craftsmanship, the the attention to detail, mm-hmm. detail that, that they went into to putting into these mono, models to actually build them. And I think that uh, when you do that, it adds a sense of realism <clears throat> to it. Like when you look at it, you're like, man, I could just reach out and touch that, right? So sure. um, I do love the practical stuff, but <clears> – <throat> You know, once we started moving out of the practical stuff, um, you know, into TNG, they started to experiment with uh, CGI, which is computer-generated images. um, uh, With little things, um, you know, like the Crystalline Entity and and things like that, they started to kind of move it into kind of the forefront of... um, their style because uh again uh budget but there was some restraints like i talked about like with budget because this is they got to do this on a weekly basis um uh but also practical is not that cheap too um so right. the um, labor intensive right and yeah big time so um You know, moving into that TNG era, era Deep Space Nine, Voyager, they kind of went to CGI because of um, the technology was just getting better. So, um, I want to say that the last uh, hero ship that was built uh, for a model was, uh, in fact, Voyager. So, um, uh, and then later in the show, that it became a a CGI model and things like that, and we kind of. kind of went from there um so yeah that's kind of the progression right the tos uh era they kind of started with um uh practical effects and things like that uh and then as as the movies went on and then ended uh tng they started to sprinkle in um the cgi stuff with the advancement in cgi i mean it was some of the stuff holds up some of it doesn't um i Maybe. think they've done a good job of remastering some things uh, especially with tos um so yeah, that was a big dump. <laughs> um, yeah, trying to think about some other things. Um,
1: there's there's a lot yeah, to
0: talk about for I, sure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and then one other thing, just just kind of get um, to sure. to kind of close my kind of initial thoughts. Um, sure. The there's other visual effects, and not just people think of the models and and the, and the ship shots and things like that, but a, a big. Um, part of the visual effects scene not just in Star Trek but in a lot of different things you'd be surprised how much it's used but set extension uh, hmm. and with visual, visual effects is used so much like like <clears throat> And it's, and it's, again, it's, it's part of the technology, right? We can get so good that they can make um, this big old landscape when they they can just have a green screen. Like, I, I mean, you guys have seen behind-the-scenes stuff. You guys know. But, um, yeah, set extensions also are a big, big, big part of it, too. so
1: Yeah, I feel like when it comes to, like, set extensions and one of the things that pops into my mind that is, I think, obviously radically changed over the course of Star Trek's history is I think if you go back to, obviously, TOS some of those early movies early tng matte paintings were such a big
0: oh yeah component. that's like, right, the, planets, You're the, right.
1: The, the establishing shots the, yeah. the, the, they would use them for set extensions um, and then i think obviously as you get deeper in later deep space 9 voyager enterprise and beyond it's all digitally created you know uh stuff just the first thing that pops into my mind at- even when you talk about that extensions, it's like a bizarre. I don't know why the episode's on my mind, but I'm, I'm thinking of that scene in Enterprise's Cogenitor, which Tripp's talking to that other engineer <laughs> yeah, yeah, and They're yeah, and yeah. in the Alien ship engineering section. And yeah. it's clear, I mean, it's clearly a digital creation. Uh, it's, a, it's a digital set, it's not something they went out and built, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Where I think in, in earlier shows, things like that would have been achieved probably through either a practical set or a map painting or something like that. Yeah. Um, and. Yeah, so yeah, you're right. Set, set extensions are not something that I think when, for me personally, when I think of the effects, I'm thinking of ship shots, I'm thinking of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, things in, in, in action sequences, um, explosions, yeah. you know, phaser fights, things like that. Uh, but, you know, just simple things like extending a set, making it look bigger than it is, you know, uh, giving things scale mm-hmm. are, you know, critical components in Star Trek, the, the things that are done week in, week out. Uh, to add to the production design and give it more you know, value-added to, mm-hmm. the, to the, just the overall production. Um, so there is a wide umbrella, I think, that's covered by this. I think that's one of those things, like, if you watch the, the special features and you see people like Dan Curry interviewed and uh, Ronald B. Moore, um, you know, uh, Robert Legato in the early TNG years, they... they I'm sure could school all of us in like just how much they did to to give these shows mm-hmm. that little extra juice uh, in in ways that are probably not front of mind for like the casual viewer. Um, yeah, but you, you kind of you kind of pose the question that i think is like inherent to this kind of conversation is you know which do you prefer the practical or the the computer generated more modern visual effects and the go ahead i'm sorry
0: no it's okay keep going i just have something after when no. you finish
1: sure no i i think like anything there are there are positives and negatives you know the the, the practical model Visual effects that you get in movies like Motion Picture, and really all those TOS movies, and even in the original series and early yeah. earlier shows, like there is, like you said, a tactile, almost you can reach out and touch it. The, the detail-oriented mm-hmm. stuff that you just can't replicate on, on a computer, and I love that stuff. I love like the the reason that. Forever long, in some people's minds, shuttle pod fly-up scene in the motion picture works so well is because you can stare at that ship and just take in all the details. Yeah. The paneling and the the hull plating and all all that stuff. stuff Just, like, if you're into that stuff, it just just makes the whole thing work. Yeah. Um,
0: Which... The, the element of detail you mentioned, I think they still struggle today. Like, I feel like... They do. It it it's it does feel futuristic, but I, I don't get that sense that I can reach out and touch it. Like, it's the, that sense of realism.
1: Yeah. I think Ian mentioned... I think he said something... Maybe in the in the comments, the the model work just doesn't seem to age as well. Uh, yeah, Ian said, I'm amazed that some of the models and the practical effects tend not to date so much, and I, I would agree with that. I think one of the one of the things that you get with the computer generated stuff um, is it becomes locked in time. Like there are things in early Enterprise, especially all of Enterprise, so, that at so the time hard. when I was watching that show contemporaneously yeah. when it was on being aired, it felt really cool. It was it was fresh and new. It was in line with what. You know, the, the upper echelon TV shows were producing on a visual effects level. These shows these the Enterprise won Emmys for visual effects. They were nominated year in and year out. Like they, they were top of the line in two thousand one, two thousand two, two thousand three, uh, and beyond. So But yeah. But but when you watch them twenty years later, here's I don't know that they up as well
0: here's the thing though the a staple of science fiction in general is visual effects like it's it's yes. pushing the boundary of 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 being like wow look at that so even if the the technology and and isn't there? They're still trying to push the boundaries. They're trying to do like the the cutting edge of what that is now. So I mean, I I get that argument. Like the, especially with the Suleban and things like that. That's a big, yep. just coming from just like just in my experience. That's that level of detail uh, is is really hard to get. Like I think they and they definitely nailed down the ship stuff. But I think when you start doing like um, especially with Gorn too, like the later Gorn stuff as well. And, uh, um, yeah, I'm just uh <clears throat> that stuff again but that's that's them being ambitious that's them pushing the yeah. the visual effect visual effects boundary further that's that's a staple of star trek that's what they've always done
1: oh yeah no for sure absolutely uh you know going back to early tng i think there was some really ambitious stuff done in conspiracy with that oh yeah motion capture those the 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 little parasitic aliens yeah. and yeah. Nick and his exploding head—all that stuff—was really pushing the boundaries, I think, of what TV shows could do in 1987, yeah, uh, 1988. Uh, and you're right. I mean, they've always kind of pushed the envelope, uh, and 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 the. the, the and it, I think it's just the nature of the beast. I think when you go back and watch anything from the 60s or the 1980s or whatever, whatever it is, it's going to age. I mean, it's just natural. I mean, things are going to progress. Our expectations are going to change. And what we're exposed to is going to going to change the way we look at things that came before. So no matter what they do, I think. And, you know, when I watch Star Trek The Motion Picture, I'm, I'm like, my jaw drops sometimes at how well the, the model work holds up and how well some of those visuals have aged. But at the same time, like, it is clearly a product of 1979. I mean, yeah. these are methods and and, and practices and the way visual effects were done in the 1970s and it's not the way it would be done now so it still feels a product of its time so I I don't think there's any way to kind of avoid that so you should I would imagine just kind of embrace it and either way that's what's going to happen so there's no way out of kind of becoming a product of your time Um, but I do I do think yeah, if you put a phaser to my head and said, Hey, what do you prefer? The the practical or the, the computer generated? I would I would always go with the practical just because I like you said I admire the craftsmanship of it. I think there's something to be said for, you know, a model builder piecing together this thing and building it with their hands as opposed to kind of sitting by a computer desk and building a digital model, which I think is equally I'm sure difficult and there's 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 tremendous technical achievement in and yeah. in, in every time they do that. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I, I love the practical when they're able to do it. Yeah, it's
0: <laughs> it's 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 really tough because at the same time, like I I do want that level of detail, I do want that level of realism, um, but also it, it's the cgi just opened up the door to be able to do way more stuff like you don't have to build uh, an actual model and and it's it we've seen it in star trek before of them reusing it but also i mean we can get diff- different ships uh alien ships just um great set extensions um yeah, it just—it really does. I know I—I—I I, I feel like I've been preaching the, um, you know, save the practical um, uh, style of of visual effects, but um, uh, CGI just really, really changed the game as far as what we can do. Yeah.
1: Um, so. I think I think the other thing that really kind of pushed—I'm sure—the desire to do some things with, like, one of the things that I'm sure makes CGI. Such a more attractive way to go from, like, a storytelling standpoint is there are inherent limitations to and. So what I'm about to say, I don't, know, I don't want this to be taken the wrong way, but like, because I, I, think the battle sequences in Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan are some of my favorite things in Star Trek's yeah. history, right? Like they're some, they're really, really great. They're the, they, they're tense, they're scary, they feel impactful, mm-hmm. but they're really minimal. When you think about like how little they were able yeah. to do, these ships fly up to each other, they stop, they fire phasers at each other, and then they go away. Mm-hmm. When you compare that to what, say, Star Trek: Nexus did. With ships flying all over the place and using invasive maneuvers and showing all these things that the ships are able to do yeah. and they're, they're aerodynamic and able to move and mm-hmm. you know they're, they're barrel rolling and you know there's all kinds of things that you're just not going to do with these gigantic expensive models that can only yeah. move so fast and the camera has to like you said be positioned in just the right way and yeah. you can't move the camera a certain yeah. speed or the the, the, the the limitations that are generated by that Now. You know, there's something to be said, and I'm sure there's a debate there about what what the okay. more effective space battle is. Is it Star Trek II with the minimal submarine, slow crawling ships that like the draw the attention? It fits the, 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 the theme story. of that movie. yeah.
0: Fits the theme, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it feels at at home in that movie, and it feels, you know, maybe it's all like in a package deal of it's a private, it's time, it's 1982. That's what you would expect, cool. blah blah blah. Where yeah. Nemesis. <laughs> 2002 and is Like,
0: I I have a headcanon fix. I think the battle techniques sure. have have changed um sure. uh, along with the technology of the ships and things like that so that's that's mm-hmm. how i kind of headcan and fix it as well
1: <laughs> and uh, you know in star trek 2 the the first battle is the ships you know kirk doesn't know it's a, it's an adversary he's flying up to a federation ship thinking they're gonna yeah, exactly. and have a conversation it's not a bad, it's not a pre-planned battle situation and then the other the the, the, the climactic battle is in a nebula where they're the story calls for them to be extremely limited with what they can do. They can't see each other. They can't just fly around. Like yeah. they have to be super careful. The shields are down, your sensors are down. So yeah, they, they, it works beautifully and it's, you know, some of my favorite stuff across the 800 hours of it, mm-hmm. uh, where nemesis leans more into the, you know, balls to the wall, you know, bed, bad a, like, you know, yeah, space battle stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, the I guess what i'm trying to get at is with the cgi at least that's at your fingertips you can do that like the, the limitations aren't there yeah. anymore you can you can have the ships do it. and then it, that's kind of demonstrative throughout the show's like in tng and deep space 9 even in, in, in the early years of voyager the, the way you can kind of tell when they go to the the, the digital models is do you get more variety in the ship flying by shots. Like when you think about the next generation, yeah, yeah. there are about eight or ten that they fly by or ship reveal shots that they shot probably when they were doing the pilot,
0: exactly,
1: and had in their stock, and and different angles of the ship flying by or flying up to you, and uh, at warp at impulse coming down, coming up, going yeah. by. Like they have their their stock options, and then when you get to later Voyager and Enterprise, and now the new stuff, sometimes. You, you only see like now with Discovery you might only see that, that ship shot one time in, in we'll, that episode we'll think you're of book Japan, ship <laughs> or book yeah, ship. yeah you're yeah. getting that stuff right yeah like absolutely, you're getting specific ship shots now for the episode. When you mm-hmm. watch, like I said, when you watch Lethe, you're seeing specific to Lethe shots of the discovery, yeah. uh, and then you get a different one in Magic to make the same as Mega Man. The next episode that was not happening when they were doing model, and in Tos, I think they had like five shots of the Enterprise. Yeah, they six or whatever. But um, so the, the the variety of presenting the ship and. Uh, Keeping it fresh, I'm sure, isn't attractive. And it is. I mean, it's nice to, to get the different angles. But there's also something comforting about those same old, you know, yeah. angles and shots, yeah. too. So. Yeah, it, it's it's a,
0: it's a yes yeah, so yeah. CGI complicated production, but it also simplified production. Right, we don't have the production sta- staff. They don't have to sh- learn how to shoot, a, like a ship. They can just stick to live action of the of the of the of the sets they have built and or have redressed or things like that, and let the and just kind of separate those two, um, right, kind of areas of production, um, which I think is again it simplifies it, but also it complicates it as well. So, um, but it's, it's also, again, it's, it's great too, because, um, uh, it gets, it, it, I'm sure it does, but it gets outsourced to other companies, maybe not in the country and things like that. So that allows them to be, uh, more efficient, but also, um, in times of COVID, right. This, they could still, they could still work. Um, so there's some, there's some great, um, benefits, not just to, um, the uh, other th- things we've mentioned, but um, in that regards as well. Oh yeah. But uh,
1: in 1990, if COVID hits, uh, you're not getting season four of no, the generation no, no. until the virus is over. Yeah. I think that's that's yeah. for sure. I don't think you. I don't think you can get. Mm-hmm. I don't think that works. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, for sure, there, there are definite benefits yeah. uh, to these technological advancements, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't want to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's that's obvious and clear. That there are there are clear benefits that have benefited the audience, and that are that are good in the grand scheme of things. Um, yeah, it's, it's, like I said, Star Trek is is one of these things, like Star Trek, James Bond, things like these long running franchises that you can kind of like. I always say this, but the, if you if you want to see like how Hollywood's, you know. Image of like a big budget action adventure movie changes over time. Watch the James Bond franchise; like you can see what a blockbuster in 1964 looks like and is presented as, and what the pacing is, and how it's you know what the what the what the, the traits are by going from Doctor No to Spectre, right? And Star Trek's kind of the same thing. You're getting these deep, the in in one franchise the the because it's science fiction and it leans heavily into visual effects and mm-hmm. uh, and you you can really kind of chart the changes in what was what was possible what what the capabilities were on on the television side and the film side yeah um so yeah the the spectrum is wide like uh, And there are are tremendous achievements across all of it. Like when I think of the the original series, how simple and how some of those things don't hold up terribly well because they're 55 years old, uh, which is like, what do you expect? Uh, These are TV TV show productions from the late 60s. Uh, But... Stuff like in the Tholian web, when they're on the Defiant and the ship is phasing, and they're in their spacesuits and yeah. they're putting their hand for crewmen and their equipment, and confused about what the heck's going on. And then later, when Kirk appears on the Enterprise and he's phasing, and Spock's yeah. looking at him, like that stuff holds up really well when you watch the remastered show. They didn't—they didn't feel the need to update that, like that, because that, that just works. I think, like, yeah. So that just goes to show that these things can hold up really well. And throughout all these shows that look darn good. Um, and, have really stood the test of time, yeah. going back all the way to the original series. Some of the stuff in the cage, the matte paintings on uh, on Talos 4 and the way yeah. that that planet set looks. The same, I think they use the same basic set for where no man has gone before on, on Delta Vega, where they maroon Gary Mitchell. Like, there's some real scale to those like matte paintings. Yeah. It feels like a big place. I mean, it's a 1960s you know alien planet on a stage, but it holds up pretty darn well. And I think I've talked a lot about Metamorphosis, the way that that planet set yeah. looks. Either they use the camera to give scale and size, and, and um, yeah, you know, like all things, your mileage may vary, and some things may work better for this person than that person, and not every episode has effects that work as well as the, the episode that came before it and the episode that might come after it. Um, but you'll find examples of really tremendous work uh, for the time and that has stood the test of time. From TOS all the way through, yeah. current discovery.
0: Yeah, you guys got to remember that this this was this this is an art form. This is a craft. These people work so hard, yeah. and so I just want you guys to have a little bit of perspective, right? They they have they didn't have we have more powerful like a computer in, in our phone than they had back then. They had we had better cameras than we have on our phone now than they had back then. So when... Um, you quote like "Devil in the Dark" with with stuff like that, and 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 the practical things of that nature. Like just just remember, just put yourself um, fifty plus year old show, um, and they were pushing the boundaries. So
1: yeah, they, they, in the chat, there, Ian, they were talking about the Horta, you know, and I th- I think. What I'm about to say, you know, I'm I'm comparing TOS, and I'm sure if Discovery did the Horde, it would look better. And if Discovery did the Gorn, it would look better than when Enterprise did it. But I don't know. Like, I I remember when Inamir Dark aired in 2005 and they did the CGI Gorn, thinking, you know, people have laughed at the the suit Gorn from Arena and it's campy and silly. Yeah. But. Finding myself wishing for it in 2005. Man, I think that's better. <laughs> that works better. It's 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 more it's more attractive on camera. It works better for the story than mm-hmm. what they did with the CG version. So uh, I I don't know. Like the hor- I I think the horde looks great in in the Devil in the Dark. I mean, it's retro. It's old, but it yeah. is it's I, I don't know. Like that that's one of the things that I think stands out really well for me in TOS as a okay. the fact that it's clearly a product of its time and yeah. it's silly and it's ridiculous but it, I think it holds up pretty darn well given well, what they were capable of. It. Well,
0: look at um, the Andorian. Right? There was probably temptation to be like, "Hey, let's be realistic. That's mm-hmm. be re- mm-hmm. realistic. Let's, you know." But I I think they're practical too, right? They Oh yeah. The antennas? Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah.
1: Absolutely yeah talking about the special effects from the motion picture look great for 79 yeah I, I think it's so a high point maybe yeah. for me for like if you're if you're looking at like what's possible because that movie had such a big budget and, and so much time was spent on the visual effects mm-hmm. uh, I think the, 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 they hold up pretty darn well I think there like I said there are things in it that really stand out as what were 1979 not not in a negative way, not in a "whoa, this doesn't hold up, just like this is what movies from 1979 did and look like.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but incredible. Like the, the like I said, the, the shuttle pod fly up to the enterprise, the, the, the sh- the, sh- the shots of the enterprise approaching the cloud and V'ger. And that's what comes to mind like for that. me. Just,
0: stuff from the motion yeah. picture. Uh, when I think about this topic, that's, that's what the first thing that came to mind was.
1: Right, me too, me too. I think the the visuals of that movie are so iconic and staple. They're such staples for like giving Star Trek its visual language beyond the original series, like presenting what Star Trek was going to look like. Yeah, with the ships and the visual effects, like all that is such established language in the motion picture. Yeah, uh, because of how well it mm-hmm. was executed. Um, but a really silly practical effect that I've seen in bonus features like comes to mind, like super simple, not like a space shot, not as not a ship shot, is Chekhov's ear in the, the Rathicon. Yeah. That's like a practical yeah. thing. Like that's a giant ear on a on like a, a skin painted uh, mat yeah. that that they drop the giant insect out of with blood. Like that. I think that looks great for 1982 and holds up really well. But the, if you watch the bonus features on the DVD of the of the Con, you can see how they did that. And that's as practical as it gets. There's nothing, nothing. But it's it's still su- that, it's okay. still
0: successful though. It's still like I still cringe okay. every time I see it. I still, it's still still, mm-hmm.
1: uh, yeah, right.
0: still successful. I think
1: very much so. But in that same movie, uh, the, the Wrath of Con, I think is is kind of credited for using some of the first cgi that genesis video of yeah. uh, sh- showing what the genesis torpedo is that's that's early early cgi mm-hmm. and I, I think that actually holds up pretty okay i mean it's it's definitely 80s early early cgi but yeah in the in the within that movie i think it, it works pretty well and it's mm-hmm. certainly an iconic piece of star trek's history as like the first time that they really use that kind of technology um, Yep. Yeah, so a lot of talk about the Gorn. Uh, neutral in the Gorn, Cyber says the movement in arena was weird, but I kind of. Yeah, uh, it was intentional for the story. I allowed Kirk more time to set up for the near kill shot. Yeah, I mean, he he. There's dialogue in the arena about he's That the Gorn is you know, slow, slow and not yeah. not agile, but powerful and mm-hmm. um keeps coming like a you know like there's there's no stopping it. It's relentless. Yeah. Uh, so they they found it. There's dialogue in there that if you if you're open minded and willing to look past the the obvious silliness of it, uh, that you, you can get there. Got to use your head cannon. Yeah. Um, Gorn moves too fast as compared to the one in TOS. Jimmy seventy seven says about mirror Darkly. Yeah, like that's that's what got me. It, it's, it's, it doesn't feel like the same uh, species to me. Um, I wish they would have. The Zindi, talking about the Zindi Enterprise, oh. that's a clear example. That's like the first some of the first attempts at like computer generated characters that we get. That becomes such a I think at the time the, the, what the Lord of the Rings movies were doing, I think maybe started that with Gollum, uh, that that trend of people wanted to, to it, kind of copy that and achieve that. Like,
0: But that's on yeah, a, the, the, a motion picture budget. Oh,
1: I know. Yeah, I know.
0: So when you see the like, Suleiman, yeah. it's like hey, <laughs> the Suleiman and some other elements of this indie as well, but um,
1: yeah, motion, I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But the motion capture like actor, the, the 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 sensors, the way that Andy Circus did the Lord of the Rings, I guarantee you that if you were the enterprise uh, you know, production meetings in two thousand three, getting ready to do season three of Enterprise, like hatching the Zindi, like deciding what we're gonna do. What are the Zindi? What are we gonna do? How are we gonna do that? Yeah. You bet your bottom dollar that they were they were talking about. The, the Lord of the Rings, what, yeah. what they were able to do with Gollum, of course. Yeah, they, they were operating on a massive budget at the time, and but even that, like you go back, and those movies are tremendous. Like they're some of my favorite movies. But like I was saying, these things are products of the time. And there's no running away from them. I like, they're, they're 20 years old now, and they show their age at times. And, and the, the way that those movies look would look... They, they would be done differently. You know, like they would look different if they made those movies in 2021. You know, the, the visual effects would look different than they did in 2001, 2002, 2003. So there's no running from that, and it kind of just is what it is.
0: Again, Star Trek and science fiction are always pushing the boundaries uh, of the cutting edge of the technology. So I think, again, uh, 10, 20 years from now, Star Trek's going to look different in this. We're going to be looking at, well, I don't know. It might be a little bit different, but uh, it'll be an adjustment for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I would always tell people when they say... uh, my yeah you know, friends have watched it or seen it and they go, it's just it's old and it doesn't hold up and the visual effects aren't good like look at the emmy nominations from 1987 1968 like these these that tells you that these were top of the line you know state of the art the cutting edge productions at the time yeah if you're looking at them and you can't separate yourself with 2021 20, eyes and you're watching the original series or the next generation you're gonna be like, oh, oh, come on! But I
0: think, Miami Vice did anything like
1: this? you <laughs> Kidding me? Come <laughs> on! <Nah. laughs> yeah. yeah. For sure. Um. What, what are some of the visual effects that come to mind for you? As your all time favorites are there? Are there shots or uh, I re- things that are just like like what comes to mind with your Star Trek visual effects?
0: Besides. Um, uh what well, we kind of talked about before with uh, the motion picture it's it's voyager crashing down on in um, uh, uh, timeless, timeless. Yeah. yeah i i really do like that shot as well um some deep space 9 um not what you would think um the wormhole um that uh, people always quote oh, the yeah. um uh like the ships and stuff and the set extensions, but there's also some some really cool stuff done there. Like it opening I think is a beautiful, really cool um visual effect and inside. Um I definitely like that as well. So um and then obviously, you know, the battle sequence uh in Deep Space Science well comes to mind for me. Um, Yeah, I think that initially those are the ones. I mean, we could talk, we could definitely talk about stuff that, in um, the newer stuff, the newer stuff. Uh, you know, especially when you uh, there's some really cool stuff in Beyond. I think that's kind of refreshing a little bit um, with the worker bees and things like that. That's really cool. But again, <clears throat> we got that's a, a you know a blockbuster budget. So of course York they're gonna Town. they're gonna yeah the the Yorktown too oh. Then When they're going through it, you can see the ship is just like, That's that's cool. <laughs> I wish we could take that, uh, and switch. Like, Let's take the motion picture audience, I, I have off the time, and then show them the Yorktown footage that way they would lose their minds. Uh, it's uh, it's awesome, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, no I, the timeless uh, the crash sequence there blew my mind in 1998. that's amazing. I think that holds up I think those uh, those images of the ship coming down and literally hitting the ice and like bouncing off and yeah th- that stuff is really really tremendous and some of the some of the some of my favorite mm-hmm. visual effects stuff in in I, I, I feel
0: I can f- I, they do a good job of feeling the weight like hitting it really yeah. hard like I feel like yeah. Oh, yeah. a lot of when you a shuttle or a crash will be inside with the crew and it like, be nice and, yeah but mm-hmm. this is just like you can feel the weight of it just like Bang. smacks Sorry.
1: You always hear uh, you always hear like visual effects artists and people who work on the show, like on the production side, production designers, cinematographers, they always talk about like their work has to like all be in service of the story. Like they they think about the way the script's written, things that are in the script, things like lines of dialogue, mm-hmm. and trying to like uh, trying to enhance what's written on the page through whatever their craft is. And I think there's a lot when you think of timeless, there's lines of dialogue in there about the crew being killed on impact. And I feel like that, that feeling of bang, the ship just slamming into the ice. Like that sells that. Like they, the minute they hit that ice, they're they're dead. Everybody on the ship's dead. Yeah. There's just no surviving that. And that, Feels impactful, uh, literally, when the ship crashes. So um, that's an example of, I think, the visual effects being completely in tune with what's on the page and the, the, the groundwork of this, the, the story in the episode. Um, uh, Sobrani's talking about the the Enterprise D crashing well, in generations. I think that's the one that. That's practical. I think there they, are think shots
0: they, they built the, the, the saucer. 90s. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And a, like <laughs> a miniature forest, and like shot it outside in natural mm-hmm. sunlight, and, and that that that's translated well. I think that that that, that stuff really
0: yeah.
1: really holds up. I think some of those late like early '90s movies actually like I think what works there is like that's the end of. Model work really being the the, 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 the peak. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Star Trek Six, the battle with the Enterprise and the Excelsior and the Bird of Prey, the, that shot of the torpedo coming up and yeah. blowing through the primary hull of the Enterprise A, like and a lot that, that entire battle sequence and Generations with the Bird of Prey and the Enterprise D crashing, mm-hmm. the Enterprise B and the Nexus. Like the way that that kind of uses the model work at its peak, I think is is some of my favorite stuff. It just feels so real and tactile and yeah. The, y- there's computer generated elements there as well, but it's Oh yeah. They're, they're still using the models. Mm-hmm. Um, feels labor intensive and detailed and big and to scale. Like it just I, I love all that stuff. The, those, those movies feature one of my favorite uh, visuals for yeah. sure. Um, for me though, I, when when I think of Star Trek visuals Pops to my mind is the uh, stealing the Enterprise from Star Trek Three out of space dock. I think the, the again kind of like Star Trek Two, like the slow movement, the score, everything about it. But like just, yeah. just the, 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 the the shots of the Enterprise like literally backing out of, yeah. of space dock with the, the the detail of the inner wall of the space dock and the Excelsior off in the distance, kind of coming at it too. Mm-hmm. Um, that that that's a memorable uh thing for me. Um like I mentioned I I, the the stuff in the Tholian web really holds up for me. Yeah, the 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 the, the stuff on the on the Defiant and Kirk Mm -hmm. appearing on the bridge of the Enterprise phasing out. Yeah. Uh is is really, really strong stuff for the time and I think it holds up really well. Conspiracy, Mm -hmm. another one that um that comes to mind. Um there's a shot in enterprise the the council at the end of season three with the, the sphere kind of coming at the camera with the fleet behind it. And yeah. Big battle. Like if, if I think that's a shot that like really capitalizes again on like the, 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 story that feels like a race, like the, this, the sphere is coming, it's moving fast. This fleet is chasing it. Yeah. The, the, that, that feels at in service of the story and really enhances the drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 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 shot really feels like enterprise cgi like at its best uh which sometimes doesn't age terribly well um some of the stuff in twilight same kind of thing the shots of the damaged fleet yeah um yeah there's so much of it there's so much of it across all of it but to be honest you know maybe my favorite thing are like the most simple things the transporter effect going back to tos yeah that's a way, visual like, effect yeah effects, that's a visual effect that is a staple and what is more star trek than that's hard like to what do. speaks of star yeah. trek more than kirk spock and mccoy standing on a transporter pad disappearing and appearing on a planet's surface like that is star trek at the end of the day i mean that is so inherent to yeah what it is it was groundbreaking for the time and it's specific to star trek um yeah you know, ship well, shots are kind of a like you get that in all, all things. Star Wars, two thousand and one, whatever you know, silent right, whatever with science fiction thing you're watching, i will start laughing. Yeah. That that's been done many, many times across all kinds of things. But transporting You well, see transporting. But
0: isn't it because the the budget they didn't have the budget to get in a shuttle and go down and things like yes. that? So a visual effects was born because of the budget, Terry. Oh, that was that's that's a great. You, I can't believe I f- forgot about the transporter.
1: Oh, that's the that's the point I think is that it's so taken for granted. I mean, as do, like yeah. it's just that's just something they do, and it's yeah. in every episode, and they do it all the time, and it's mm-hmm. it doesn't feel big, but it's in the DNA of the show yeah. specifically. Cyberhandy says TOS or all shows transport all of them. I mean the whole yeah. thing, but uh, TOS. Like I said, that was that. I'm sure it was groundbreaking at the time because it wasn't something that was just done willy nilly. I mean, mm-hmm. Lost in Space had ship shots of you know. I think I think the Enterprise and the original series, even remastered, holds up better than a lot of stuff in Lost yeah. in Space. But that wasn't like a brand new idea. Like that was that was done in movies and in TV for 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 years before the original series came along. Yeah. But standing on a transporter pad and appearing on a planet surface was you know. Something that, at least I think, is unique to Star Trek and yeah. holds up pretty darn well.
0: Yeah, um, we one more for me. Sorry, this just came to mind. Huh? Uh, Trials and Tribulations. Uh, oh, yeah. That stuff, but also the use of, um, uh, you know, how they <clears throat> have, like, two... Like, they, they'll have two people, like, the same... Like, they'll have the actors, like, the same... Uh, Like it's it just it's just really good. Like with Trials and Tribulations, we get um, uh, like uh, modern stuff layered into uh old stuff, which is is great. Um, but I like the fact when we get to see like they use the um, like it'll be the same actor on the same shot. Like the they'll be able to like cut in into that, um, which is cool. Which we've seen before with uh, a bunch of episodes. That makes
1: sense. Yeah, it's no, a- I think. Yeah. Oh no, that's yeah. a, that's a huge achievement. I yeah. think uh, that that that's certainly a uh, that's the Farce Gump effect. That's where that came from. That Farce yeah, Gump yeah. came along and did that, inserting Tom Hanks with JFK and into all these historical events. That's where the inspiration for Trials and Tribulations came from, and they executed that perfectly. I think that, that whole, that's really great how well that. Was up. Yeah. Uh, and you talk about like digital set extensions and putting actors and like they didn't rebuild the bridge of the enterprise for no, that they did an enterprise no, no. for in a mirror darkly like, yeah but the, the same thing in relics and when when scotty's in the holodeck on the enterprise d on on the bridge of the enterprise if you go back and you watch like bonus features of that they, they built like a teeny little like scotty's console uh in the engine like the engineering station yeah. and the turbo lift like there's there's a teeny little piece of the enterprise bridge with um, the helm station too. Like there's a, it's it's a teeny little thing, and the rest of it was done with digital effects, the uh, yeah. d- digital effect extension. So there are um, really interesting examples all through uh, history uh, with, with things like that too. Um, but Trials of Tribulations for sure, I feel like is the uh, crowning jewel of, yeah. you know, that kind of work.
0: Yeah, cyber cyber honey's mentioning. Uh, Odo. Yeah, that's that's another thing. Like this, we got a shapeshifter
1: now. Oh yeah, that's all Odo this is, a, is a, his whole species. Yeah, that was great. For, Yeah. for the time. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's one I think you, you can kind of chart the improvement that I think I think it's effective all the way. Through. It, it, it's it's such a staple of that show, but. They, they got really good at it I think too uh, with yeah. those shifter effects yeah. uh, through the seven years uh, th- I think they really honed that skill and mm-hmm. you can see that's one of the things that like from season one to season seven you can see the the uh, evolution yeah the evolution of the effect good, yeah. good call that's a good way to put it yeah yeah um, yeah.
0: We'll definitely have to have a, a part two for, for this because I there's some things that's coming to mind now, uh, but I'll definitely save that for uh, another time because I love 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 talking about visual effects.
1: Absolutely, yeah. There is there is so much to talk about show and. Uh, you know, really look at screen grabs and mm-hmm. uh, cli- like clips are difficult to do on YouTube for sure. But like, there, there are so many ways you can talk about the visual effects of Star Trek, mm-hmm. and uh, there, there's so much of it. Um, Cyber Honey mentioned the opening credits to Mirror Darkly. Yes, there's a lot of cool stuff in that. Um, yeah, really, really great. Mm-hmm. Um, you could go on forever for sure. You can. Yeah okay yeah I think that'll about do it for this week yeah. um, thank everybody for watching live we have jimmy 77s here in the Facebook or not Facebook in the YouTube, YouTube. <laughs> uh, live stream um, we had some people popping in and out. I see Rob was in uh, for the Periscope. Um, at least popped in. If, if you watch this live, we gr- greatly appreciate it. You'll be able to Thank find you. it on. Thank you. On, on, on YouTube, on our YouTube Track Live channel, uh, you'll find it on uh, Twitter as well, as part of Periscope feed. Um, but as always, Trek Live is best experienced as a live stream. event exactly. where you can chime in and kind of steer the conversation in one direction or the other. Yeah. Uh, as you heard, listening or watching. We interact with the folks who, who are uh, are here, and mm-hmm. sometimes that can send our conversations off in unexpected directions. So, yeah. Um, but you can also find us on uh, anywhere you can find podcasts. Uh, Trek Live is is published as a podcast as well. Um, if you prefer to consume your Star Trek content in that fashion, mm-hmm. yeah, you can.
0: Um. Yeah. Uh, real quick, I'll mention um, uh, a podcast that I just listened to Bill and I are big sports people. Uh so it was kind of refreshing to see um Trek ranks do the uh sports references. That was a really good listen. Um that's about all the, the sports I can handle right now. Um yeah. but uh yeah, um moving forward, definitely if you guys have any recommendations, um I'm trying to move out of the sports stuff um and, and it can be whatever. It doesn't have to be track. It can be other things. So uh, if you have any podcasts or content recommendations, let us know. Um, it's Twitter, discord, guess all the drill.
1: Yeah. There's so much good Star Trek stuff out there. Um, we've, we've had a habit going back to the very beginning of usually ending our show with uh, a shout out to a a, a podcast or a YouTube channel. And there's just so much, um, sometimes we do it. Sometimes we don't, but, um, you know, uh, yeah we could go on forever we could do a whole show on because, like, yeah. again our
0: with our fine. rewatches too so. yeah <laughs> yeah, um,
1: but yeah there's yeah, I, I completely echo that on Trek Ranks I think uh, the Trek Geeks are, are doing an Enterprise retrospective which nice. of course I love uh, discovering Trek uh, it's going through Enterprise for its 20th anniversary which is horrifying to me uh, and what else, uh, I want to pick one more to give some love and just going through my podcast feed, and I'll say a weekly track is a great. One, especially oh, yeah. these days, oh, yeah. new episodes to dissect. If you want to keep up with, you know, what's going on in the world, track things that are coming, tidbits of news. It's sometimes difficult to sort out like what's a rumor. There's always clickbaity stuff appearing on Facebook pages, and not the most uh, reliable places to get your Star Trek news. If you want really reliable, you know, you know, well sourced or just like what's actual, confirmed, happening stuff, uh, check out a weekly Trek on. Uh, Uh, The Tricorder Transmissions Network, uh, published by Alex Perry. Good good source for Star Trek news. Yeah, he's a good dude.
0: All right, Uh, we'll be back next week uh, with more Star Trek content. Uh, We'll see you guys then.
1: Yeah, thanks, everybody.
0: Hey, this is Trek Live Dan again. Like I said before, the discussion does not have to stop here. Come over to our Twitter, Facebook, and our Discord channel to keep the Star Trek discussion alive. See you guys next time.